0: Connors T. How are you? My name is Surika. I'm here with my brother Aaron and we are sitting down to have a chat. This is the Candle Tales podcast. I should have said that first. Um,
1: How do you not know our introduction to the podcast at this stage, Sereke? I God's don't know.
0: Sake. It's You know the answer to that question, Aaron. And the answer to that question is because I avoid repetitive tasks like they are made of acid and will burn me. <laughs> and do. recording an intro over and over again is a repetitive task. So usually I make you do those, um, anyway. or I get you
1: to record one and reuse it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the other. That's the other strategy. Uh, so, welcome to the Candle of Tales podcast. We're sitting down for a little chat about the story of Brendan or Brandon or both, the navigator. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, well, listen, as I said, I did the exact same thing with the taking of Biddy Purcell or Purcell or Purcell because I called her three different things in the same way. At least
1: I started out at the start of the story and called him Brendan for ages. And then (laughs) I just decided halfway through to call him Brandon. (laughs) It's very confusing. It's Mount Brandon, all right? That's the mountain I know. You go up Brandon, that's my association with him. It's very hard to understand.
0: You you climb Brandon, but you sail Brendan. Oh, anyway, I wanted to say uh, we're moving on to kind of a new series of stories. We're kind of trying to do series these days a little bit loosely. So we did Goddesses for February because it was Bridget's month. And then it seemed pretty natural that March is the month where this little tiny Irish national holiday happens. I don't know if anybody outside of Ireland has heard of it. It's pretty really small, small and parochial.
1: Um, ah, yeah. No one really knows
0: about it. No, I yeah. Nobody lights anything up green or dyes rivers or drinks. Couldn't we do that? Green beer. I've never Dad. really understood that. None of that stuff happens here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else goes bonkers.
1: We're like, huh? We, we just go for a walk. We like, we climb a mountain, maybe, and, and get together. Go for. There is a
0: parade, and people take the excuse to get really, really, really drunk in the middle of Lent, which I think is what it's for. To be honest. all Irish people just have
1: a couple of drinks. Everyone else comes here and gets locked and goes, ah, the Irish are great for drinking. And this day we're like, yeah, not today. I though. don't know, man.
0: Not There's a drink. contingent of people slash me in my 20s who really just go, ah, Paddy's Day. Let's buy yeah. 17 bottles of wine and competitively drink them. Um, you know what
1: it is? It's actually all Irish people in their 20s and then the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, everyone else kind of grows out of it.
0: And I think <laughs> the children, because like there is a parade in town, so like kids like the parade. So you get the, the parents with the kids, you get the locked young people. And then you get a lot of tourists who are like, I've always oh, this- dreamed of coming to Ireland on Paddy. Oh, that's vomit. I'm stepping. In <laughs> <my head."> <laughs> <laughs> we all kind of go, yeah, sorry, we weren't going to go. We, we, we stayed home. Um, but anyway, we're
1: selling this festival. We're full charging to be knocking on the door now. <laughs> Will you please sell St Patrick across the globe and make everybody buy our shit merchandise? Yeah, no problem there, lads. Listen. We'll sort it out. No worries. The festival Come was down great
0: down last down. year. We were in the festival last year until it was cancelled. We were. And we were looking at the second year of Paddy's Day being cancelled, which was the first moment where I was like, oh, we need to take this little flu thing seriously, because <laughs> if they're cancelling Paddy's Day in Ireland, yeah. something's going on. They don't do that lightly. Um, that's a that's a big money maker. Um, and a big festival. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's coming up in March and we kind of decided to take that as a as a, as a jumping off point, and we thought about other stories that kind of connect thematically to the Paddy's Day story, which we are going to be telling, by the way, in a little bit of a two-parter. Sorry, two-in-one-parter. Um, two-in-one-parter.
1: It's, it's a surprise. Don't worry, we won't get too into it. It's just a big, massive thing. It's happening. Paddy's Day. It's going to be
0: amazing. Yeah. I won't spoil it because I'm too confused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two-parter, single-parter, one-parter, it's both-parters. A-
0: it's going to be a thing. It's and It's going to be quick. basically
1: an amazing episode. we were coming to you. This is what happens when you do the introduction. You put five minutes in we haven't started yet.
0: Are you, looking, are you timing me? No. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the same. I get the same signal from Aaron when I do like when I do the intros to our live shows. Aaron's like... <laughs> This is turning into circus stand-up hour and you need to wrap it the fuck up because we have a job yeah. to do here. And I'm like, nah, I'm having fun. People are laughing. Shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I and mean, I'm dying. And so I just go, oh, please,
0: please make please make it stop. Please please stop. stop. I've heard all these jokes. Not the fuck uh, god. No, I'm they so are, embarrassed. They uh, <laughs> are that funny. They are so that funny. I'm hilarious and I'm a delight. And you know it. Anyway.
1: I hope I hope my uh I hope my audio sounds okay because uh, I've uh, left my mic over in the studio of Oisin because uh, we were rehearsing earlier for this Big Paddy's Day show thing that we're yes. doing, which is going to be That'll awesome. Be and um, therefore, we decided to kind of link this month with voyages because, well, there's a lot of voyages in Irish mythology and uh, a great figure known as Patrick had a great discussion with another figure of Irish mythology known as Oisín. And Oisín is one of the, uh, Oisín in Teirannága, I should say, is one of the many, not many, few, there's a few of them, there's voyage a, stories.
0: There is a, there's a contingent of voyage stories. There's a, There's some great ones, and Oisín's story is one of them. So we took the Oisín story, and then we started looking at other voyage stories. And another thing that a lot of the voyage stories have in common is that they're they are Christian era. These are stories of not all of them, but many of them. Uh, you have a kind of an interesting little moment in this mythology where you have the new religion coming in. And it's at, a, it's at an interesting point. So um, that's going to be March. And it's starting with, it has already started because you've already heard the voyage of Brendan. And if you haven't, you should go back and listen to it or else the rest of this won't make a lick of sense. Uh, unlike up to now, which I think has been, frankly, amazingly cogent.
1: Sure, I love the word Cogent <laughs> Yeah, it. it sounds like Aaron. a warm,
0: wet jacket. How yeah. dare you? Warm. That's what I get. That image. You know what? <laughs> this is like I was listening to a really, I was really enjoying a playlist I was listening to, and it was on Spotify. It was one of those pre-generated ones, and then the algorithm decided I would like another song, and I threw my headphones across the room because I was like, "No, wrong." Bad song That was my oh. reaction to your description Of the word cogent
1: um, I mean I ugh. just wonder I keep on wondering why we have to Buy you new headphones Makes sense suddenly She just keeps flinging your headphones across the room um, really, All of my
0: headphones are broken Except this part, yeah. these are my ones that live in the office So the voyage Without further ado Of Brendan
1: Or Brandon, um, or Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's So tell us guy.
0: Tell us a little bit, Aaron, about Brendan, because um, this was kind of your your research project and your story and also a nice little connection that you have with that part of the world.
1: Yeah, so I guess I, I love going to Dingle. Uh, it's one of my favourite places to go. We were going to be playing in Féline Béotané down in Dingle, <coughs> calling in the summer months uh, for Béotané on that festival um, last year and then everything got cancelled. Uh, but, you know, that happens. And... I mean, I've always loved going out to English and Sarah. Mum brought us down there, uh, going to see the Blaskets and climbing Brandon. Um, one of my friends from school had a house down there. And uh, yeah, we just used to go down there as our kind of retreat away from modernity and life and living. And uh, it's just a bit of it's a kind of a magical place in the country, like even mm. if. You're from Ireland. You go to go to the Dingle Peninsula. You just you're always blown away like this. So the gap of Dunlow, the beaches, are, the whole uh, beach around Brandon, which is the opposite side of Dingle, which everyone goes to, and then the opposite side is just as breathtaking. And it's just some, the cliffs, the walks, the the nature of it all is beautiful. And mm. Brandon is one of those mountains that you kind of it's fucking hard to describe. Brandon, like if you've ever reclaimed it, you kind of know what I mean. There are Bigger mountains in Ireland, there are more kind of scenic mountains. There's just something about Brandon. First of all, if you get it on a clear day, it's a fucking miracle because mm. clouds come off the coast and stay on it and you kind of can't get it in a clear day. Um, very rarely, like the rest of it could be scorching all summer long and it will be this fucking cloud sitting above Brandon. And if you're ever lucky enough to get it on a clear day, uh, you'll just know what I mean. It the view to the blast gets all the way down into the other peninsula sticking out. It just it looks mesmerizing, and then just the cliffs. You're just on. Just uh, it feels like you're on the edge of the world, and you're really like looking at magical, mystical islands out in front of you. And it, it it's a place where I can imagine a dude would have sat and gladly meditated and tranced out for a few uh, mm-hmm. days and. Then the whole association to to Brendan or Saint Brendan and Brandon, who came from Kerry and, and the surrounding area and was a saint in four hundred and eight or something. Um
0: <laughs> nice use of the, dickety. <laughs>
1: uh, right. It's gotta get it in there.
0: <laughs> I like how you're getting in like minor slang. <laughs> yeah. I've um,
1: been here small. since eight. eight. <laughs> yeah, that's how old he was. 400 and... no, four hundred and no, four hundred and six. Okay, we've lost okay um <laughs>
0: Oh no! Mm. So,
1: uh, also, I you know what? There's also a funny association to this story because I remember listening to a blind boy podcast where someone. It was like his fourth ever episode before he like became mega super amazingly popular uh, by the way if anyone knows him and you tell him this episode tells one of his favourite stories because it was on his fourth episode someone asked him or something like that someone asked him what's his favourite myth and he said the king with donkeys here is Larry Lingshuk, and uh, Brendan the Navigator and hilariously you just turned around and went that's a fucking French story and that's another uh, kind of like uh, uh, amalgamation of another myth anyway um, it's not French. It's Greek, Greek story. It's Greek. Greek. I was thinking of the swan. Anyway, a, you were like, that's bit. not even an Irish story. And I just thought that was kind of funny.
0: I was <laughs> not judging anybody's tastes in stories. You are allowed to have your favourite story and it can be the children of Lear, which is totally French and totally fine. <laughs> or I can be the king with the donkey's ears, which is absolutely a Greek story, but it's also totally fine because stories travel and it was also an Irish story and both of them became Irish stories. I'm not like... I'm not attacking anybody's taste here. You're making it sound like I was like, "Ugh, how dare you like that person I've never met." But um, no, know, that's not that. what it was. I was just like, "Huh, well, yeah,
1: yeah." It
0: it's, it, it's a little <laughs> bit like for me, it's a little bit more like uh, you know when you know when you're really into a band and you're like, "There's this one track off the B side of this single that nobody's listened to that's like amazing." What's your favorite one? And somebody's like, "Oh, I really love this cover they did." And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool sure. that you also like that band, but oh, it's so much better. Which is bullshit because taste is subjective. Which is the thing that I continually have to tell myself to remind myself that taste is subjective, Sarah. You're not right. <laughs> so
1: sure. Sure,
0: Brendan. Um...
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, um the, th- the subjectivity of taste is is true, and I love that story because I found it fundamental. And I went and looked at it. I didn't actually know when I, I heard it again. It was one of those ones. It was like, oh hey, look, I'm no expert in Irish mythology I just now read a lot, but back back then I didn't know this story. And it, I, I kind of went, went and looked it up. And then we had been telling the voyage of Male doom, and I was like, hang on these are literally the same story or like Mm. half of it's like, and the more you read about it, you realize that, right, the one was written down, then kind of one was other, one was a saint, one was maybe an older story, which it's a total chicken and egg thing. No one seems to know and there's various versions of this story and they, it crops up all over Europe, weirdly enough. And so he kind of became this famous character mm-hmm. and he went out and like, I, I love the fact that he had he had a, a bridging order uh, in, in Kerry before he died. And then he also set up monasteries in Wales and Scotland. And mm-hmm. he was he got about the place, whatever the fuck he was doing. He got about the place. However,
0: big the thing island of <laughs> saints and scholars energy from this guy. Um, which is interesting because okay. I want to talk about that a little bit, because um, I think the the kind of Christianity that we're talking about, I thought it was really interesting, actually, in, in the story. I was listening to it and I was like, I don't think you said God or Jesus or Christ in the entire thing, which was really <laughs> I was and I was kind of like, was that on purpose or was that were you just being a little bit like coy or like what, what, what was that?
1: So I think I have probably grown up with a—I've a, just certainly dissociated from my uh, youthful associations with the word God, and and I guess I've gone through a bit of a, a thinking and a feeling uh, away from really liking organized religion and associating God and, and Jesus with organized religion, um, and yet pulling back from and looking back at Brendan and respecting the old ways of belief in Ireland and not tarring every century with the same brush that the last hundred years got, which is definitely unfair. And, you know, Ireland had a massive power vacuum where the government basically had an awful lot of the power to the church in his country after the British left. And that just ended badly, very, very, very badly. But then to say that all uh the Catholics did in Ireland was bad mm. is too simplistic. So there is a bit um, of yeah. a,
0: And I think that's worth addressing, especially maybe for people who are listening, who aren't Irish, because there's a massive amount of, I think, baggage around Christianity in Ireland. um, And I mean that like it, both in a positive and in a, in a negative sense, I think they're like because are still there are still an awful lot of people in Ireland who are Catholic and or Protestant. Um, it's that's an important distinction here (laughs) which flavor of christian are you uh which is is all kinds of tied up with heritage and nationalism and you know uh colonialism and that whole past and that whole history and it's all like real sticky and real difficult um so there's a huge amount of identity stuff around it as well but also there's a huge amount of trauma around it and around the Catholic Church and like, you know, the recent stuff that's been going on in the news about the mother and baby homes and the amazing brutality of the collusion between church and state that went on there to, you know, produce horrific results, which we're not going to get into. But if you're not from Ireland, you haven't seen that in the news. Maybe look it up. Um, or listen
1: last that we just had with Melanie Lynch about her story hopefully. and everything that's going on with that. Yeah. Because that also feeds into it. Um, Absolutely. W- like, w- Let's not repeat ourselves. <laughs> we're not going to repeat
0: ourselves. Yeah, no, we did touch on that last week. You're right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's there's I think there's a lot of trauma around it. And like, it was interesting to me because. Um, and it's interesting to me to think about this, both imaginatively and kind of just in terms of like where I'm sitting with it now, because. Mm. I'm when I'm thinking about the the early Christians in Ireland, I am not thinking about catholic or protestant because this predates that schism first of all uh this is not roman catholic this is not protestant this is not episcopalian this is not any of the things any of the different groups are presbyterian or any of the other orthodoxies that have since grown sure. up or sprung it out from this in. what it what actually happened for a while in ireland and in europe was that was that um christianity was a mystical tradition. There was a tradition in Ireland of Celtic Christian mystics. And these were these were the guys who like were if anybody has seen like the Skelligs, it's in Star Wars. Um, yeah. Bail.
1: Never as um, that again.
0: <laughs> just, you know, as a visual reference because it looks sure. fucking beautiful aside from the weird CGI aliens in it. But like These are like stone huts that are built on a bit of rock that looks like a monster's tooth sticking up out out of the ocean. And this Mm. was a tradition of silence and meditation and community. So they were these tiny communities in really marginal parts of the land where you went to be close to God. And that's what it was. That's kind of what it was about. And like I didn't. Like, I, I had a very, you know, we both grew up in a, I would say, a culturally Catholic rather than personally Catholic situation, because neither of our parents were particularly into dragging us to mass every Sunday. Like, we used to go on sure. the holidays and we used to go on, like, when our grandparents were around <laughs> up until I got old teenage and told them I was an atheist to their faces and we had a big fight on Christmas Day. Yay me. Yeah, it was um, a fun <laughs> So, um but like we were we were more kind of, I think, culturally Catholic than, you know, our family being particularly strong uh, in, a, in a faith tradition or, or us growing up in a particularly strong faith. Um, yeah. So but it still was something that I found difficult and confining and something that I felt very resentful about and very angry about, mm. um, you know, the role it had played. Um, I used to have spectacular arguments in, in school with religion teachers. Um, I remember a nun explaining to us why homosexuality was wrong uh, because we were created with a sexuality that was supposed to honour God. And I turned around and said to her, by that logic, sister, celibacy is as wrong as homosexuality. So where does that put you? Uh, she didn't ah! al- <laughs> Which was like, again, teenage surrogate angry young woman but I had some good one-liners that that's was probably fucking
1: the... great line. that was great probably
0: one. my best one ever to be honest
1: yeah <laughs> she... you're never gonna top that one
0: never gonna top she pretended she didn't hear me and left the room by the way just in case anyone wants to know how how that landed <laughs> that played um, out. not great <laughs>
1: um but I, I think I think it's worth noting like I, I think that's very, that was very strong in my mind as well and I talked about this with you and I talked with a couple of friends of like I guess the the reclaiming, and I guess John who speaks about this. This amazing—he's a Celtic mystic, you know. And he, there's a guy who was a priest, left the priesthood because of many reasons, and or whatever, and went, but still spoke beautifully in Irish. Went back to the land. Went back to the sense of belonging that is fucking in this old-ass island and many of the islands around it. You know, like, you can't get away from it. It's just, it's in the fucking stones. It's in the bedrock. It's it's beautiful and it's tragic. And sometimes, you know, you just, you, you get a wave of something. And like, on Valencia Island last year, actually, I, I was looking across at uh, the Dingle Peninsula and it's a beautiful, like, view of it. I hadn't seen it from that point of view before. And there was... <clears throat> um, uh, a little mass um, kind of center, little what, what a, a mass fucking thing. Uh, well, a mass well, rock. And a mass rock, thank you. Yeah,
0: mass, mass rocks. rock. Well, this was um, part of the tradition too, which yeah.
1: And it was, but again, you go to those places and you, there's a, there was a beautiful sense of serenity and peace. Mm. And I've left my Catholic belief behind. I've you know developed my own ideas uh and you know most of them stemming somewhere between atheism and agnosticism and really fucking denoism uh but <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it all isms um and you know the going with the flow stuff and i guess uh, w- being aware of that level of of silence and stillness when you walk into a space mm. is and that's just because there was a lot of prayer there and it was a lot yeah. of like beautiful synchronicity teaming up, tapping in, whatever it is. But it was there and it was in the ground. And it was, you know, I felt it just by passing a mass rock. And the mass rocks, uh, you know, they kept education alive in Ireland for a long mm-hmm. last time. They kept the Irish language alive for longer than it ever would have survived since mm-hmm.
0: it was completely it was, illegal. But I mean it was it was, you know, the penal law period was again a massive, a massive trauma in the culture that was that is still kind of being carried. And this you're right, that was that was one of the things that that happened was people would gather to worship uh, at Mass Rocks because their worship was illegal. And that's how it became so tied to ideas of identity and nationality. Um, Because there's nothing like, nothing like serious persecution to get people to really dig into something and hang on tight.
1: And <laughs> I, I, I will say as well, I mean, like there, there's an aspect of the, um, getting like getting rid of all of this uh completely alienating ourselves from church and from and we see it now the idea of not being able to congregate and how that how difficult that's affecting us mentally but there's a spiritual aspect in in in, Mm -hmm. congregating as well and there's a community uh, a communal tapping into the unconscious that we get when we sing together, chant together, pray together, be silent together, kneel together—all of that—that's sacred. That's just something that we just it's, we tune into, like something that's just even the same thought and somehow enhances our our kind of mind and our function and and all the rest. So, without that, and with the kind of leaving behind, I guess, mm-hmm. church and you go to churches—they're so empty now. You know, across wow. Ireland,
0: yeah. They, are, you know, and they absolutely would- are. And like, there are people who are there are people who are reclaiming those spaces and running masses in the community, this in communities that don't have priests um, or there yeah. were. Uh, before and last year.
1: One of the reasons I think yoga has gone through the roof is like a newfound, it's basically a newfound religion. It's like introducing people to meditation and chanting that mm-hmm. never would have had that introduction, especially in Ireland. You know, it's kind of cut off from the rest of the world in a way, uh, in areas. Uh, but it, so we have a difficulty finding some form of, and I don't want to call it moral learning or education because that's not the fucking right thing to call it. But at the same time There no, is it, something you're,
0: you're right It leaves a missed. gap It leaves a gap In like When When there is one religion That holds All that is sacred Religion betrays people To the extent That it did hmm. um, Here Hang on I'm gonna Yeah You become Borky with my microphone um, Oh dear.
1: Oh no I Please, thought you were having the technical difficulties six, today.
0: All the lights are still on. I don't know what's happening. Um, I don't know. This is my microphone Zoom. Please use it. So uh, I apologize if I sounded different there for a second. But yeah, when you when you <laughs> hand all of it to one religion, and then that religion betrays you. Um, where what is the place of the sacred in the society then and in the culture? Yeah. And I think that's a difficult one. I think it's a one that yeah. in Ireland we have not reckoned with because we have not fully reckoned with that yeah. loss. Um, and, and like, you know, I think it's that's not something that is is done lightly or easily. I also think that part of part of the resurgence of interest in Irish mythology is coming from that need for connection and community and like getting people together the way we used <laughs> to and tell them stories was part of it, too. But like, I didn't get yeah. right with, with and you know, God and Jesus before I started um, reading Meister Eckhart, who was a, a German um, Christian mystic who is like wonderful and was. He escaped being mes- excommunicated because he died on the way to his trial, <laughs> which is the only reason oh, that hey, I think his class. his texts weren't destroyed. Um, but he, he was wonderful. Like he, he wrote stuff that if you read it today, it feels like it was written today. Um, like if you read the translations of his stuff, because he talks about, he talks about equality. He talks about social justice. He talks about, um, he talks about feminism in terms like gender equality, social equality. He talks about just like, he says things like, um, putting a form on God is like putting a blanket over God's head and shoving her under a bench. Like imagining a form on God is, is such a diminishment and he's got, he's, he's just, he's just great. Highly recommend, (laughs) but also was kind of like, yeah, I needed, I needed to be reading. I needed to come across something from that tradition. And I did it through the, the meditation group that I, that I go to and still go to over zoom these days. Uh, when we can't meet in person, um, I needed somebody from that tradition to speak to me in order to uh, work through my lingering um, issues with Christianity because they lingered for a long time. Uh, I don't think they're there anymore because I think I'm I'm definitely more comfortable now when I'm storytelling and actually like talking about you know. Talking about it without euphemism and kind of saying like you know he believed in God and he believed in the Holy Spirit and he believed in Jesus you know that kind of those kind of words which are like yeah weirdly loaded for us as Irish people
1: and I do think like it's interesting you started off this by asking me about it like I I think I was avoiding it like kind of consciously without fully consciously understanding the reason behind it and I think it is that association to a power um that is very man made and so i kept on refer- referring it to not the organized religion thing that it brings up but actually you know a different association which is just a higher power calling on something bigger than him in whatever way he was doing it you know and like i have no idea and there's loads of stuff done about the voyage of brendan and brendan the navigator and like um I'll put this link into the uh, um, like fantastic uh, radio thing, Porte uh, documentary, the Promised Land of uh, the, the Saints, I think it's called. Uh, but there was a whole documentary done on his voyage and whether or not it could even p- be possible that Ferdinand mm. the Navigator went across uh, from Ireland in, you know, the west coast and actually sailed all the way to. Uh, to the, the Americas. And so they did it from, from Galway and they, they did it uh, in, a, in a... I think they did it in Kerry. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there anyway.
0: there were people working on that and actually another person who worked in that kind of, you know, recreation of of pilgrimage was Danny Sheehy, who was the great friend of our mum's and the reason that she visited Kerry as often as she did and we went up Mount Brandon as often as we did and out to the Blashgades as often as we did. Um, who was a wonderful, wonderful man, a uh, poet and fisherman and writer of wonderful books. Oscar uh, Elga, and he had beautiful Irish as well. Um, I
1: still have Danny in a recording and he was re- he was reading uh, a piece of um, Old Irish in CuColin's Lament for one of the gigs we did early days when we were doing uh when we were trying to figure out a melody to go
0: along with for that uh, is the time
1: yeah for yeah. um for that big show and uh he recorded just like he went in there oh, and, and he starts off with him just going oh, geez, oh, geez, oh no, no like sure i'm pissing it's windy you're not trying to do this just could be, be anyway no like you know and like he had a beautiful English accent and then as soon as he started speaking Irish it was just like oh for god's sake you know like just such a beautiful way of speaking and uh, ah yeah. pure another gen. And actually,
0: um, we must we must find a link in the show notes because that isn't wasn't wasn't there a TV program that Danny was involved in as well? It was a TG Carr it Yeah, TG Car did the an
1: amazing documentary. it might be on the player. Mum has His, it recorded, of course he does. Of course, um, and he but, you know he in basically a share tried to replicate um the yeah. the idea.
0: He replicated a number of different sea pilgrimages, but also one of the things that he was into doing was building the Navogues from traditional uh, materials. The Mm navog or the Kuruk is the is the traditional vessel and they look like beetles. They look like, you know, they're these they're these wooden framed boats um, that are, you know, it's stretched canvas over them and then the canvas is tired to keep it waterproof um, but I remember seeing him down by the harbour in Cork when and they launched uh, a, a Navo that they'd built with their own hands and he got the other fellas to get out of the boat for a minute and he just, I've never seen a man dance in a boat before but he made the boat dance and it was just so beautiful mm. and like that was one of the things actually like I remember one of the reasons I love the Kesser story still is that the, one of the texts I read about it early on said she landed in Corkowina. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've been there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> <God damn> it. <laughs> um. And he mentioned it, Danny, like, fuck's sake, right. he died, did you... <laughs> in yeah. the, he drowned, like, you know, on, on the second pilgrimage he went on, and like, he, he couldn't imagine... Was it the second going. or wasn't the
0: second pilgrimage he ever went Well, on? it was
1: the second one he did, it he, he was his time he went, first time they did the uh, Camino, they did the whole trail of the Camino, from Ireland in a vogue, the fucking lunatics, and then he went with um, Liam O'Wheelig, and, and the second one was in the boat, um Limo Millie, sorry, Jesus. Um, there was another uh, I'm fucking mishided names. Um but anyway, there was a few, there was a rake of other ones. Glenn Hansard was in the first one as well. Um and he had he others. had
0: he linked in with I think there was more there than two. I think there were various there was four in total.
1: And then Poor they were kind thought. of swapped out. And then so they sailed to uh the end of, of the Camino. They had a massive party. They kept on having parties every time they went and they were playing tunes and the, the, the box and everything. It was great crack. And then they went back there the following year and their idea was to sail around Portugal and uh well, roll around Portugal, because the Navogues that he was building were ones you'd have to row. The ones yeah. that when the navigator had, went yeah. off and was bigger, 17 men or 20 men could fit in it.
0: Yeah. Um, you, do, it they, you can put a sail on them as well. They do have... Or tar or whatever. You do know what I think I call it a leather in the store. I think you have the leather in the store. I wasn't going to say I anything, mean, but, you know. oxide. You know, uh, yeah, I was in a flop. Um, um, leather. I don't know. You probably need tar, by the way.
1: The other thing to mention um, in terms of, and we will link uh, uh, Danny's... Uh, voyage if we can find it uh, down down below um and the other thing to mention about this whole mental story and uh, the, like some of the stories just happen finding the whale some of the stories have the all the islands and there's various different sources you can find and so i was kind of like in between a rock and a hard place trying to decide whether or not to actually tell it all in the like i'm never one to to avoid or leave out mad stories or mad islands or madness in general. And I love it. I, I love all the twists and all the turns. And I just felt that we're going to do the Voyage of doom. And because mm. they're so similar and some of the islands are so similar, it's, it's almost a bit repetitive. And there was something a little bit like, ah, these could have been kind of visions. And there was something a little bit more ethereal. There was something a bit more, I kind of like believing that he definitely found the whale. Mm. Um that's definitely true.
0: That's the concrete uh, bit. That's the concrete
1: bit, you know. Uh, there was a whole other bit where, like, another giant monster came up and ate that monster because, you know, the higher power sent. Why not? Um, but uh, <laughs> there's loads. Again, it's one of those stories that you could find a gajillion versions of and never find the absolute definitive one. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to be able to take a story like that and take a new, new direction and go, well, yeah. I don't know, but it felt like a promising time to tell a hopeful story. It mm-hmm. felt like actually, you know, for, for all of the people that, you know, we're on zoom with, we're on phone calls with, we're on, you know, buddy pals, keeping the head together, phone calls, the emergency phone calls that the friends are going like the clappers. I don't know how they're doing it. in the actual mental health services, I think was mental. Um and, you know, like clearly society at the moment is suffering and hurting and not healing. So it was kind of nice to reflect upon a time where there was probably an awful lot more hurting and uh, difficulty in life in general mm-hmm. and how people cope with that in, in finding some form of higher power uh, yeah. you know
0: and, Absolutely. Uh, and you don't was- have to <laughs> call it God if you don't want to. I remember somebody saying that to uh, somebody saying that to Tony and he brought, he brought the quote home to us this is their dad Tony, uh, that the word for God. Is the word for silence in a lot of languages, and he really liked that, and I really like that too, because um, it, it removes it in the way that you did in the story. It kind of removes it from any particular um, faith tradition, yeah. right? So shall we? Um, shall we? That well, uplifting note. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, God, something. silence, um, etc. It felt very yeah. silent there. It felt like a good time to, to maybe shut up for the evening. Yeah, it and was. And go on about our days time. and leave yeah, people off. Um, so okay. come back um, to us again, folks. We will be doing more of these. We will link some stuff below for you to pursue and peruse at your leisure. And Aaron has a thing to say.
1: Great. Um, thanks very much for the people who are reaching out to us. We are, in fact, doing another storytelling course because people are asking us to do more. We're going to start an open mic thing as well online. I don't know how that's going to go. It'll be great crack. Um, we're going to try and figure it out as we go. We're doing a few things. Um, we're really enjoying doing the podcast. We fuck all else to do. Um so is in an office job uh, and fortunately pulled back to some form of you can help me out with all the admin for Candletails kind of hours because that I'm was getting a bit gonna intense. Have free time
0: next week. I haven't had any of
1: that for two months. Yeah, part-time hours is going to suit you. Um, yeah, so look, Patreon support makes a massive help. Uh, makes a difference to us. We're able to invest yep. in equipment. We're going to keep on pumping out the stuff that we do and keep on getting better at it as we hopefully will one day get paid to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Just right now, game. it's great. We get to buy Rua a computer. So we're going to do that with your help. And thank you, Patreon people. And we bought some cool cameras. So we'll be able to like look pretty. Real soon, Her. not like today, but you know, not like today. Soon,
1: because my camera. In fact, this is a really bad time to start thanking all the, all the tech that they bought us because mine, yours is working well. Yours Listen to how
0: life. nice I sound and how horrible I sound <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Okay, <laughs> that's harsh. That was a joke. I didn't mean it. To... Should I talk? Oh, <laughs>
1: also, um, on this uh, month, we're going to be linking up with another podcast group, uh, Fireside Bard. Boom, he's going to be giving us the Voyager brand. Looking forward to hearing that uh, by Kevin, who's a bit of a legend in Wicklow. Uh, So we'll be linking in with him and giving him a shout out and hopefully chatting him in a real life studio. Ooh, exciting.